0: And welcome to The Clergy Next Door. I'm Rabbi Evan Ravsky of Synagogue
1: Emanuel in Charleston, South Carolina. Now, Pastor Eric Childers from St. Matthew's Lutheran Church in Charleston, South Carolina. It's good to be here today, Rabbi.
0: Good to see you, Pastor. We, uh, we've we got an interesting topic. We always have interesting topics, uh, but uh, but today is a little more uh, Bible-heavy as opposed to uh, uh, as opposed to social issue heavy and we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of, of that study together looking forward to it
1: I'm interested to see where this goes also and to see if there are more similarities and differences so today we're going to talk about call narratives in Holy Scripture um, and then maybe a sub topic of that is how God sometimes uses unexpected people, certainly flawed people to be players be instruments in this narrative or in this work uh, and I, the first person i think we could start with is back near the beginning noah and noah was tasked with a pretty difficult job and even more difficult it was odd wouldn't you say it's odd i think it's odd
0: to To survive the the flood, uh, you know, it's 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 odd. It's lucky, I think. You know, it's uh, you know, this will this will go right. Like, so I can I can talk immediately about how um how we read text right, and how how our how our traditions understand and read text. Um, because you know, when we talk about Noah, we don't e we, we can start at the very introduction of it. Um, which you know is is actually a favorite line. Of, of rabbis and commentators when uh, when studying uh the studying the, the Noah narrative right is 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 that he's called this righteous person right Sadik bidorotav tav is the is the Hebrew right a righteous person in his generation um which opens up this door right for what you're saying about 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 the the flaws right if the if the world if the population of the world, uh, merited being wiped out by a flood and this is the best guy of all the worst people in the world you know how righteous is Noah really? is the is the question
1: good okay so we could even dial it back a bit and say well Noah wasn't extraordinary he was an ordinary person whom God called to do God's work that might be another way to look at these as well. And, and I will be interested to see if all all of the people we're going to talk about here, I've, I've got a, a few people in mind, if they are ordinary or extraordinary. And I believe, ultimately, they're ordinary people who ended up doing extraordinary things. And, and again, because they were called by God. Um, so Noah was called to, yes, survive the flood, but tasked with this... this um, this really audacious effort to build this huge boat at an incredible cost. And we have, you know, the other thing I think is interesting about Holy Scripture, the details that are left out and then yet the details that we have, like we have the sort of the blueprints in a sense of, of this art. Um And yet we don't know uh, what Jesus was like in elementary school. You know, there's so many parts that are, are sort of left out. So I just think that's very interesting that that was those details were given. And yet, um, and then in, in sort of pro, um, help creation survive, I, I, which I think is probably the takeaway of the story. One of the takeaways of the story, but, um, but the, the most, the strangest part in my judgment is that Noah said yes to all of this. Yes. Okay. All right. I'll do it. I'll do it. You, you, you big well,
0: you call so, to do it so he did it right so so again you know this is you know we, we uh, this always goes back to i think the 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 way that that Judaism or and, and Christianity both read text and and look at it um you know so you could like noah noah says yes absolutely what i would say is is again looking at at noah's flaws more than than what he does is that um he actually doesn't object to any of this right god comes to noah and says i'm going to kill everyone and noah is actually silent right noah doesn't say yes or no right but if we actually look back at the text noah is pretty much silent through the entire episode he does what god tells him to do but he never says anything you get later on to other uh biblical personalities like abraham right, standing at Sodom and Gomorrah, and he tries to negotiate with God to save those cities. And then later on, you get Moses, when God says he's going to wipe out um, the Israelites and start a new nation from Moses, because the Israelites are all, uh, you know, being obstinate and and uh, problematic, and God wants to wipe them out. And And Moses actually argues to the point of saying, you know, what is that going to look like? That's going to look like, you know, this all powerful God brought the people out into the desert just to kill them all. What are the what what's the rest of the world going to say? And Moses changes God's mind of, of doing that. Right. Moses argues to the point where he actually wins the argument with with God. Abraham loses the argument, but still argues with God. Noah is completely silent when the and world... then you have and you
1: have Jonah who just runs away. And you have Jonah who and, runs, who runs and away. God at a, at a later on. Followed. So I, I again, a the, rich, the richness is the different responses they have and the different responses that God has.
0: Right. So I'm, I'm not as much of a fan of, of Noah. You know, I'm not, I, I don't know, maybe it's, it's my take on it, but I'm not necessarily looking for the, for the good in Noah, right? I see him as a, as a, as an extremely flawed person Um, who yes, is called by God and, And is able to be god's instrument in saving humanity or the line of humanity that comes from from adam and eve there um but i don't know if i'm so proud to have him in in the lineage there right like again like he doesn't argue to try and save humanity he's he's only the righteous compared to everyone else in his generation if you compared him right the the talmud the, the rabbis of the talmud say you know if you compared noah to someone like Abraham, how does yep. Noah stack up? And he doesn't, right? In that he's only righteous in his generation, but not in, in all the other generations. Um, Noah would not be the one who was saved, right? Noah would be with the rest of them drowning. And then what's the first thing that Noah does when he gets off the off the boat, off the ark, right? He, the, the first story we get, I should say, obviously it takes time to, to regrow the, the the world, but Noah plants this grapevine, makes wine, gets drunk, and ends up
1: naked in his tent, right? <laughs> naked and passed out in his tent. Who among right? us right? hasn't? Like, sorry? Who among us hasn't, Rabbi? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm going to introduce another word then. Faithfulness may be, and I'm not sure that this, this may be a difference in our two traditions. That at least Noah in all of his flaws was faithful in this call to follow through. All right, I'll do it. I may not be the best, but I'm the one, I'm the best you got right here. And I'll do this. And I think as we look through, it, that's gonna happen quite a bit in in New Testament, in these call and narratives of New Testament as well. Um, I think for me that the interesting hope for we readers of holy scripture is that we can see ourselves our flawed selves in these stories if god can can engage and utilize these flawed individuals then god can do that with us too i think that's hopeful
0: maybe yeah absolutely i mean god engages with with all flawed individuals i mean we're we're humans we're 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 all flawed um you know and and certainly i i think that the way that that we read the the torah and the bible and uh, and see those flaws of these characters and and not need them to be saints right not need them to be to be perfect or or any different than us uh, you know it also means that we can engage in conversation with god because because even those who are the the founders of our of our people our religion who had that um one-on-one direct or i should say face-to-face relationship with god um if even they were not not even not perfect but nowhere near perfect um right if they were you know a drunker right if they they were they were drunk they were they were not really good people right i'll maintain that Noah wasn't really a good person right that that if even they can have that that personal relationship with god then certainly we um can can also um just don't need to be perfect
1: okay so you mentioned a moment ago abraham and sarah well let's let's move to them so um what would you say about abraham and sarah and their and their call narrative.
0: So I think Abraham, you know, when we talk about Abraham and and Sarah, um, uh, and they're called to go from, you know, where they were to the land that God will will show them to to you know, Eretz Kna'an, which eventually becomes the the land of Israel. Um. They're they're called to follow, and they and they do follow. A lot of that call narrative is is to remove Abraham from the place where he was to be able to have that that I think that break with his his past right to be to be uh, totally entrusted to God's uh, care and God's uh, oversight, I guess right To, to have that complete faith that God will bring them to this promised land, right? The the command in the Torah there is, lech lecha, right? Go, right? Go forth to the land that I'll show you, leave your father's house, the land of your birth, and just go to this random place. And when God first says it, God doesn't even name where Abraham and Sarah are going. They just have to sort of start walking um, to uh, to go to the land that God will show them. So they I think they have more trust in God than than perhaps Noah, because Noah knew where he was going. He was getting on a boat in order to survive, Um, whether the whether the boat traveled, you know, a thousand miles or stayed right where it was and just floated on the waters. Noah at least knew what the outcome of of his story would be. Abraham and Sarah
1: don't necessarily well, OK, so so we know that we knew that uh, Noah knew that there was going to be a flood. So Abraham and Sarah, in some ways, more difficult because they didn't know what was to be to happen. But then they had this incredible, another audacious um, sort of revelation. You're going to have children. Well, they were in their what, early 100s. It wasn't or 90s, at least 90s I mean, n- and yes and biologically not going to really happen or at least they as we would have said not it, i've done it's not going to happen it's just it's not going to happen and yet they still said yes i think that's another hopeful comforting message for we listeners and we readers of holy scripture that just when we think we have it figured out god may not God maybe has another uh, idea, so I think that's actually hopeful. I mean, of course, we know that. Abraham I'm going to challenge.
0: Better. I'm going to challenge your idea, though that that they said yes right from the start, right? Well, I'm going to challenge. This is what well, I love about Bible study. Right? They yes. didn't. Right? What yes. is? Why is? Why is the child named Yitzchak named Isaac? Yes. Right? Because God says this, and Sarah laughs. Right? Sarah literally laughs in God's face, saying, yes. "I'm too old, and my husband is too old." So, uh, you know, I don't know.
1: Is that is that faith or is that saying, you know, we need to see a miracle? Well, but they ended up doing it here. They ultimately, again, we're going to get to Jonah in a second. And, and Jonah ran, but God didn't give up. And one of the things that I teach and tell me if, if you would agree with this or disagree it, it, our Old Testament covenant stories are continual over and over and over, the same story over and over. God doesn't give up on us, even though we wander away. We people of God, we always are seem seemingly through the stories of the Old Testament, we're, we're breaking our part of the covenant, but God always received us back. There was always this, um, uh, when we were not resolute, God was always steadfast come back, come back, come back, accepting. Um it, it, it seems like that this is the example, even at the establishment of the covenant, God's unlikely instruments, these human beings, flawed, surprising, even though they didn't do it at the beginning, they said, okay, I'll do it. So, let, so as we go to Moses next, as we think of Moses, Moses, what did he, his excuse was what? I, I'm not a public speaker. I, I'm not doing. I no. You have the wrong person. And then what did God say? Well, God don't still worry. Tells
0: to approach, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we, I'll get that figured out. Well, Aaron can say some stuff for you. Don't worry. You just step up. Um, and I mean, look at Moses's entire story, just to how he got there. Could it not have been an easier sort of uh, pathway? But and yet that's the, the the it was Moses who got the call.
0: I think yeah, I like, mean Moses. Moses is certainly a a different uh, a different story than than any of the others, and and uh, the the place that he's coming from is certainly different. I mean, even even you know when we look at Isaac and Jacob, you know they are are wealthy. You know Abraham does create. Uh, Enough wealth that he's able to pass it on to to the generations after him. They're they're an established family in the land of, of Israel. Um, you know they're they're friends with kings and and you know they're they're known to be a wealthy family. Uh, nonetheless, Moses is, you know, the the step grandchild of a or adoptive step grandchild adoptive grandchild of the king of Egypt. So certainly has more resources available to him than uh, than any of the other, you know, biblical personalities that we talked about before him.
1: Sure. Okay. I, I, okay. I I would I, I would uh, certainly agree with that. All right. So let's go to another one. Jonah. What about Jonah?
0: Oh, wait. So I don't want to hold on before we jump, though, because I want to I do I want to There, we're not done with the we're not done with the biblical with with the oh, right. characters yet. We're not done with them yet. Um, You know, I, I I will say that. Less the 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 call, right, when of God approaching them. And again, I know this is this is we, we've talked about this often, right, about the idea of do we go to God or does God come down to, to us? um. But in Judaism, one of the uh, phrases, it's really just a word, but one of the words that stands out with all of these ancestors, with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, um, with Moses, is that in each of those times when God calls out to them, and one of the first interactions when God calls to them, their response is a single word, "Hineni." in Hebrew, here I am. In, in English, or I am here. And I think that becomes, when we, when we talk about call narratives in Judaism, that becomes the critical word, right? Is that God can, can call to these people or to us, but that call can fall on deaf ears. And unless you say, here I am, Hineni, that is you taking, that is each of these individuals saying, I'm here and I am ready to uh to serve i'm i'm here and ready to act you know i'm i'm here and ready to uh to to show my faith and to express that and uh without that then it shows them running away or or shying away not being willing to to do what it is that they're being called on to do but that they are meeting god uh, along that that path as well and so in, in Judaism, you know, in Judaism, I would say it's more about their response, the response of Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, Moses, um, and others as well, using that word hineni. And it, it appears over and over. It's actually when um, Isaac and Abraham are going for the akedah, for the binding of Isaac, right, the the, the sacrifice of Isaac, right? It's how Abraham responds to Isaac. When uh, Isaac asks, starts talking to his father, Abraham responds with, here I am. Um, and then we see it appearing with between people and God over and over. And it becomes the critical phrase from the Jewish perspective. When we're talking about um, uh, about those call narratives and serving God, you have to start with that phrase.
1: Okay. Greg, that, uh, That's a great um, addition here because that raises questions for me. Uh, so let's take Isaiah, famously, here I am Lord. Send me. So he seemed enthusiastic. He was ready to go, ready to go. But it seems as though some of these others, to me anyway, in my reading, Abraham and Sarah, Moses, Noah, Jonah, as we get into the New Testament, Paul, the disciples, all the disciples, I'd probably leave them out because I'll say why in a second. They were very reluctant they were very reluctant to do this they they did not especially at the beginning say here i am like some of the prophets did and i i see that even in our in our own congregation you may i don't know if you see the same as well there are some parishioners who were first to say here i am i'll do whatever and others you have to coax this out of them you have to coax their maybe their potential they see in themselves or what kind of service or what gifts they have um and i I, again i take the i I appreciate the isaiah's who say here i am pick me but their hands are up first but i also have a deep appreciation for those others who are either not confident or too busy or too lazy or whatever who who whom god has to chase or at least pursue of it
0: yes i was i'm not sure there's a question in there what's
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just this is my response not a real question i just this was my response to i i i think there's an important lesson for for us to know that not everybody who was part of this biblical narrative was as enthusiastic as isaiah and said here i am send me
0: no absolutely they're they're i mean you used moses as an example moses is a great example of someone who is completely not enthusiastic right yes. he yes. tries to he tries to get out of it standing in front of the burning bush um he right. tries right. to get out of it multiple times saying you know not me you've got the wrong you've got the wrong person you know i think there there is that difference between between hineni between here i am and and you know, Isaiah uh, or the enthusiastic kinemi, right? Which is by saying, you know, I am here, that can simply be walking into synagogue or, or into church to say, you know, here I am, right? I'm, I'm ready to engage in that relationship with God. It will look different for every person because all of our relationships with God look different, right? We all connect to God differently between religions or within a single religion. We, we can connect to God differently. And so what it means to say, here I am, I'm ready to connect and to serve, um, can be, you know, I'm, I'm ready to volunteer at every single program that, that we do. and I'm going to attend every single adult ed class and I'm going to do it all. And here I am, Hineni can also be, I'm going to show up on Saturday morning or Sunday morning and, uh, you know, and pray. Um, either which way, here I am, I'm I'm ready to engage.
1: So I think taking this personally for a second, I would say from my own Hinnani, I would say it was very reluctant. And I was more like Jonah. In fact, one of my professors called me Jonah often. And ultimately, my here I am was all right, here I am. I guess I'll do this to to sort of the call of ministry. So, I I, I have some sympathy for folks. I I noticed in divinity school and seminary people around me classmates were so ready to be in the parish. They were so (laughs) excited. And I was just, I kept quiet because I was not one of those people at all. I was certainly not Isaiah. Um, I was definitely more Jonah and yet I, God still found a way to to engage me but God had to produce some pursuing
0: for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I I I I think that's that's true of of all the the biblical characters in a way. Moses is the best is is maybe the best example of it, right? Of God has to persuade Noah, uh sorry, Moses, um God has to persuade Moses that he is the right leader um that doesn't necessarily give reasons right god's reasoning but you can see that god has to work a little bit harder to convince moses that uh that he is the the person uh you know i think that perhaps the the best way that that um happens is with god changing people's names right we, we haven't touched on that but you know when god changes a person's name he does it to to Abraham he does it to Joshua that change of name is is ownership in a, in a sense Absolutely. right of, of God helping to take ownership of that person and and change their relationship Sarah also changes her name right we shouldn't leave out the matriarchs uh Jacob gets the name of Israel right we can add in all these these other names but that that change of name sort of changes the, the person right changes their their fate. Uh, changes their their connection with God and so you know I think that that can be in there too of of people are reluctant uh, you know many of them are reluctant and God has to reach out to them in in different ways one of I actually I actually talked a little bit about this um, at a a board meeting for for our day school uh, here in Charleston we have uh, Addison Hebrew Academy it's the the Jewish day school, and I and I gave the opening uh, to the board meeting the other th- this past week, and I actually talked about how in in the Torah this week we read this part where God is at the burning bush. God is talking to uh, to Moses, and says, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew me by the name of El Shaddai you will know me by this other name this yhdhvh the the tetragrammaton as we as we say in fancy english right and in like the education world what i compared that to was that you know we have all these different characteristics of god and, and in judaism god has something like 70 different names right and each name sort of describes a characteristic we've got el kana which is the jealous god right when we see god be be jealous and everyone connects to god differently and so abraham isaac and jacob connected to god through this name of el shaddai versus moses who's going to get to know god by this name of of this unpronounceable name of of yhdhvh because that's the god or the characteristic of god i should say that those people need and can can best connect to and so you know each of us connects to to God in a slightly different way. It's it's like uh it's differentiated learning. This is differentiated divine characteristics, right? Of like what's the best way that I connect to God? Maybe it is through giving charity, maybe it is through social action, maybe it's just through prayer. You know, it's all the same God that I'm praying to. It's just a different aspect of God's commandments that I'm that I'm connecting to to find my pathway to community to religion
1: and to God. Okay. Okay. Look, I love the fact that you said you you made the comment about uh, new names because this that's another similarity our traditions have. That's a very important tradition um, of um, God takes ownership of a person. But when when you name a person you have ownership over the person. And in baptism we are given new names, children of God, and we are claimed and named by God. And, uh, so another, another very important similarity of two in, in our, in our new Testament, the story continues with, again, some of these call narratives and unlikely instruments. One of them is, um, the apostle Paul, who began a Saul, a Jewish person who then uh, had this conversion was given a new name, um, we have the disciples. Now, the difference I mentioned earlier, the disciples, they, in many cases, didn't have to discern. They were, these people had businesses, they were working, they were fishermen in some cases. Um, in some of those early call narratives, when Jesus came to uh, appear to them at the shore and they were fishing, he said, follow me. And it, the word in Greek was immediately they they followed him which is a, a pretty amazing story of um faith which is not those it is it's more akin to the um any the uh here i am send me they followed immediately and then you have the other unlikely people the uh the, that jesus engaged with prostitutes and and um tax collectors and the people who are on the margins, those were the ones that were unlikely, but part a very important part of the story. And we just finished Christmas. Um, I think one of the most unlikely instruments of all is, is Jesus is sent to us, not as a mighty warrior, but as a, uh, a, a humble servant, not born in a palace to a Royal family, but to uh, a, teenage girl, old man, and um, laid in a manger, in a feed trough. And the first people who heard this, another unlikely instruments, were the shepherds, who were not even really considered human enough to be counted in the census. So all of these unlikely instruments make up this story of, of our Old and New Testaments. And I just find that so incredibly hopeful i think it's such an important takeaway for us all that if if god can use um abraham sarah some really old people to start a new nation if god can take um uh, moses who was not a public speaker who suddenly spoke for a nation who jonah who um finally found at the end some faithfulness i think then god can do some pretty amazing things with us too
0: yeah I, I i think it you know more than anything i think that that what these stories new testament old testament uh hebrew bible any of any of them um you know what they what they tell us look we're 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 actually as i interrupt myself we're actually coming up on purim the, the next major Jewish holiday in it's not till the the end of March, but the heroine of the story, Esther, right? she's she's an orphan, right? She's an, and she's going to go from being an orphan to being queen and uh, and save the the Jews of, of Shushan, right? Another unlikely unlikely uh, instrument of God. The, uh, I, I think that the structure of that, at least the way that I've always understood it is, I much rather have those as my biblical models than than uh, perfect people. People that that I can never attain what they have because I can never be on that level of of perfectness, right? Yes. If they if they are not flawed, I'm 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 a flawed person, right? Rabbi, clergy, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. We're all of us, right? Every human is is flawed. It's the condition of humanity. And if flawed people can have a relationship, a, a face-to-face relationship with God, then like you said, there's still hope for, for us and our relationship with God. If what we read in, in any of our sacred scriptures was something that we can never attain, we would never connect with it on a, on a personal level. It would be up there You know, it'd be be up there in the sky um, and not down here in in our hands.
1: We can't, we could see ourselves in the story. Uh, A few years ago, a a parishioner here, we were doing a Bible study and he made this comment that I go back to so often. In fact, we were in our study this morning. I brought it up again. Um, We were talking about the growth of the church around the world, the decline in America, of the church, but the the explosive growth of, of the church around the world and particularly in Africa and in um, uh, developing countries. And uh, this prisoner, his name is Johnny, he said, you know what? Maybe the reason these churches are growing there is because the people can see themselves in these Bible stories where we've sort of, in a way, outgrown them. I'll put that quotes, outgrown them. We've found a, a way not to need God so much or these sacred traditions. And yet, in uh, developing worlds, they very urgently see the stories of Abraham, and Sarah, Moses, Jonah, Noah in their in their own lives. Um, I, I I think that was wise what he said, and I I, I suspect there's some real truth to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, as clergy, that becomes part of our job of of <laughs> constantly reinterpreting and and and. I should say constantly reinterpreting these stories so that they have modern day relevance so that we can continue to see ourselves in them. Uh, You know, every generation uh, is different. And so there's different ways to see the story. Often, you know, we spend a year in Judaism, we spend uh, a year reading through the five books of Moses through the Torah. And we start over every fall, we start again and again. And one of the things that I always say is, you know, we might know the story, but every year the the story isn't what changes every year. It's us who changes every year, and so we can read the story of, you know, from Genesis to the end of Deuteronomy. We can reread it every single year of our lives, and every single year it can it can hit us in a in a different way. Something can connect differently because we are different. Um, you know, three four years ago right the the stories you know i don't think i've ever connected to the book of leviticus and the plagues um as i did in the uh, you know 2020 or you know noah's isolation on his boat for 40 days and 40 nights as we did in 2020 or even the israelites um you know being afraid to go out of their house uh the night of the before the exodus right because if they go out of their house they're going to to you know die right that hit home like never before in in 2020 i don't think i'll ever experience god willing we'll never experience something like that again but that one year i experienced the torah very differently than i did any other years before or or after and every year the stories mean something different um because of of who we are and and how we're called to understand and engage with with the bible
1: it's an important task we have that's right so what are we talking about next week rabbi
0: next week on uh, the clergy next door podcast we're going to be discussing uh, tubishvat and creation tubishvat is a jewish holiday a minor jewish holiday uh, all about the environment we'll be looking at how that interacts with uh with our religion's understandings of our responsibilities to this world, as well as uh, the act of of creation. It's an important topic, especially today. Absolutely. For today, we say, Tov shachen karov me'ach rachok.
1: A neighbor nearby is better than a friend far away.
0: Be around the neighborhood.
1: Be around the neighborhood.